Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh-uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, no, no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three hour ride on this Tuesday morning. With open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And Cap, everywhere you look around, especially on the heels of the Super Bowl and all the way up to this Tuesday morning, people are talking about the Chicago Bears. I told you that over our shoulders with these TVs, you would think that there'd still be a lot of talk about the Kansas City Chiefs or what the San Francisco 49ers did not do. But almost as a 1A conversation, people are interested in that number one pick for the NFL draft in Chicago Bears. How amazing is this? The pick for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears select. So that's all the national shows are talking about now that the Super Bowl is over. The only... That topic, the number one pick, Justin Fields, who's getting traded, who's getting drafted, or is Kyle Shanahan a complete boob for not knowing the rules in overtime? And I was listening to Unsportsmanlike this morning coming in. There's more and more evidence that he was unaware that the rules were different. Unaware. Okay. And that he did not have his team prepared like Andy Reid did. And then the other part of it is, can they get back there, or are their teams kind of wallowing in the mire that could all of a sudden rise up out of the quicksand and go, well, where'd they come from? Well, guess what? One of those teams being discussed are our Chicago Bears. If they get the quarterback right and they use the number nine pick wisely and free agency dollars can fix center and maybe another piece on the O-line and a rush at, can the Bears be a contender and not a pretender? I think they can. I've told you they're going to the playoffs next year. Okay. The one thing that is essential for any team, as we well know, is to be able to get the quarterback position right. It's something that we talked about a lot yesterday about Patrick Mahomes and how the Kansas City Chiefs were able to mold and shape Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he's already got God-given ability as a second-generation athlete. But the point is, though, is that if you don't get the quarterback right, then, then you're sunk as a team. You and I grew up in an era in which you made sure your defense was stout. If you won game 7-3, to three, that was good enough back in the day because your defense had to be strong. Your offensive line had to be strong to protect your quarterback. And the offensive line had to be strong so you could run the football 700 times, three yards in a cloud of dust at a time. That's how football used to be. If you don't get the quarterback right, the Bears or any other team can't get to the mountaintop. They can't get to the playoffs. They can't get to the big dance. They can't win the Super Bowl championship. What I find fascinating, Cap, is the polarizing topic of Caleb Williams. You know, 
over the years, think about all the number one picks that were quarterbacks. For the most part, there was always a consensus on the quarterback position. It's like, hey, Andrew Luck can't miss. I mean, go back in time. Think about if you remember any really negative press against Andrew Luck. No. I mean, everything was full go. This guy is the real deal, the next Montana, the next Elway, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to Caleb Williams, there is a dividing line of Caleb Williams is good or Caleb Williams needs a lot of work. And again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder when it comes to any quarterback or any person coming into the draft. But when you hear from Merrill Hodge, for instance, and Hodge, a guy that has been around football for a long time and a former analyst for ESPN, he was on NBC talking about Caleb Williams and comparing him to Justin Fields. This is during the Super Bowl. Listen. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that I that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes. And I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's 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 try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes. Ain't even remotely close to that. So it is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Now, when Justin came out, the one thing that I thought he had, he had just an inexperience. He just needed more experience. He lacked that. But what I have seen in Justin Fields, from my evaluation, there's enough growth and hope there that I would not lose. I would not let him go because I see enough there. Former Bears fullback Merrill Hodge talking right there during the Super Bowl because you could hear the ambiance in the background that right, on in the Radio Row. Right, in the convention center. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could hear him on Radio Row talking about it. So the, the first part people are, are wrecking him over the coals with. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done. Okay, So he's still in the middle of his analysis. Actually, I would say that Merrill Hodge has seen more of Caleb Williams than some of our callers. No question about it, but when he says <laughs> I'm only halfway done... He's got more. You're actually like a quarter of the way done. Yes. Well, it's Merrill Hodge. You understand. Correct. He's been hitting the head a lot. Watch Co- six of like 30 starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The best is when he goes, you can't possibly know about your guy when you do that. And I'm like, you just said you watched six games. Yeah. And you've got the gospel on him. Well, well here, here's the thing. I, I'm giving him grace because he says he has more to watch. He's, he was asked a question at the time of the, during the Super Bowl, and we still have time before we get to the draft. So, look, I, I respect his opinion because he's been around football for a long time. He's been an analyst for a long time. He just hasn't done all the homework on Caleb Williams yet. And I think that he is correct that we're, 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 what the Bears could be getting is not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's, it's not, at least not at this point in time. You got to get on the field to prove who you're going to be as a quarterback. So I'm, what Hodge saying, by the way, with Hodge saying, like, I, I still got more to go. Yeah, you do have a lot more to go. But I guess his opinion at the time, and maybe he wasn't, I don't know if he was prepared for that question. But nonetheless, he still has more to look at with Caleb Williams. So, first of all, and Merrill Hodge was a good football player. He lost the tail end of his career to concussions. Yeah, I used to work with him at this station in my first foray at AM1000. Years ago, and it was right after he'd retired, and he literally couldn't he couldn't find his way back to the hotel. He couldn't like he would you would ask him a question. We were doing a show together. He said, 
Can you repeat that? Because I can't concentrate because of concussions. Yeah. Many years later, he's much healthier. Thank God. He wanted Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. He wanted RG3 over Andrew Luck. He had Justin Herbert not as a first-round pick. So let's not build an altar to the quarterback analysis of Merrill Hodge. Yeah. He's entitled to his opinion. Sure. But when you don't watch enough games to get a complete picture, maybe you should do that. Go back and watch the other 18 games you haven't paid attention to. Go back and watch when that kid came in for Spencer Rattler in the Texas game at Oklahoma and led them on a massive comeback to win. He looks amazing. And there are other people far more accomplished in the scouting realm, like Daniel Jeremiah, who worked in a front office, has done this for a very, very long time, who completely disagree with your analysis of Caleb Williams. I would say this, you know, when it comes to Merrill Hodge, I mean, the same guy that said, I like C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, which shows you what kind of crapshoot the NFL draft is. Like, I'm not, I'm not defending Merrill Hodge. What I'm telling you is, is that his opinion is similar to Keyshawn Johnson's opinion, which is a similar to um, current players' opinion, saying that, hey, I like Justin Fields, supply him with the right talent, and you, you got something there. I mean, I, I think that when Merrill Hodge was saying that I got to watch more, if if you're asked the question, you sh- do you shrug your shoulders at the the, the uh, talk show host like I don't know, Caleb Williams I don't know. I mean, you have seen some of Caleb Williams to know whether or not he's you know he's any good or not. My my whole thing is though is that it's a polarizing conversation. I mean, if you want to go after somebody, go after someone that has no idea what he's talking about. That was the dumbest trade you could possibly make. I don't care what Ryan Poles tries to defend it with. He should not have done that. So, so hey, you, 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 want, that, Mike. you want to go after somebody, go after Mac, Mike Lombardi, not uh, jumping the gun too quickly on the Montez Sweat acquisition by the Bears. It could have been a contender. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah was on the Rich Eisen show. So Daniel Jeremiah pours through tape, talks to a lot of people, knows what's going on in the National Football League. So the question is, if Caleb Williams can blossom under Shane Waldron and the current roster for the Chicago Bears? Well, I think there's still, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there, you know, and uh, you know, I think Waldron has a good reputation. Um, he's somebody who's respected. The people that I know that know him, I don't personally know him, mm-hmm. uh, but I've heard good things there. They still need to continue to add to that offensive line. They need another complimentary piece uh, to DJ Moore, who, who played really well last year. Um, and I think you're going to have to have some patience. I mean, I I do agree from the sense that, you know, C.J. Stroud, what he did last year was so phenomenal and so outside the norm um, to just hit the ground running like that. I, I don't think that, that Caleb is as polished as some of these other quarterbacks, but the, the ceiling is what you're chasing there, and that's going to require some patience. So, um, no, everything I've heard about Waldron's good. I like some of the pieces they have there in Chicago. There's still more work to be done, uh, but you can, you know, you can dream on on what Caleb Williams can be. And people say, "Oh, you're chasing the ceiling." I'm like, "Yeah, well, you look around the NFL right now at the high level of quarterbacks, and it's hard. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I just want a steady Eddie." You know, guy, I I, I want to go chase what they have. I want to have one of these cyborg quarterbacks to go uh, blow for blow with these elite guys. Thoughts there from Daniel Jeremiah on the Rich Eisen show. Yeah, and you're chasing what you think the ceiling can be as you develop Caleb Williams. Now, could they keep him and Justin right now? And then after a year, hand it off to Caleb and then move on from Justin? Well, if you don't pick up Justin's fifth-year option, which you would not in that scenario, 
he's walking out the door for nothing. Period. Mm-hmm. You're just giving him away. I don't see a scenario where that happens. I don't. Now, you're leaving yourself very, very thin if you go to camp and thinking it's going to be Caleb Williams and it's going to be um, Tyson Bajant. Wow, are you inexperienced in that room? Yes, you are. Now, could you go out and sign draft Caleb, trade Justin? There's a bunch of rumors. Could they give up their third, the Bears, third-round pick, and Justin to get the 20 from Pittsburgh? That was being talked about on NFL Network yesterday. There's another one where they could go, we'll give you Justin and nine to New England. We get three. So they could take Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams. Not sure that that's a realistic deal. Because why would a New England team that's trying to reset under a new coach want to get a guy where they're going to have to pick up his fifth-year option and then extend him? And if he's not good enough, they just blew the third pick in the draft. So we'll see. The whole thing is the Bears are probably going to need to bring a veteran guy in. I'm not saying as a starter, but somebody that has some experience in that room if you move on from Justin because you cannot just go Caleb Williams, Tyson Bajan, period. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the word patience, something that Daniel Jeremiah brought out in that conversation with Rich Eisen. So the question we want to ask here, and Shay, let's open the phone lines this morning, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Are you, are you willing or are you going to be patient with the Bears as far as this quarterback position or do you believe that they are a quarterback away from being in the NFC title game? See, Cap has been saying all along that he feels like the Bears are on the precipice of going to the playoffs next year. Are you going to be patient with the quarterback, you know, if it is Caleb Williams that will start next year, or do you feel like the Bears are a quarterback away from getting to that playoffs and having a good run? Let's talk about it on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Cap and J-Hood on back. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us here on this Tuesday morning. We hope that you're going to have a great day. We talk to you about the Bears. And again, it's just not us. Everyone's talking about the number one pick. Now that we've turned the page on the Super Bowl, there are a lot of questions about what the Bears are going to do with that number one pick. Now, it's interesting that Daniel Jeremiah was on the Rich Eisen show talking about patience and talking about uh, this has to be something that Bears and Bears fans have to think about when you are you know, working with a rookie quarterback. I told you, and I've been telling you, Cap, that when it comes to Caleb Williams, uh, as much as I enjoyed watching him in college, there's still growing pains with a rookie quarterback. I don't care how great you are. In college, there's always going to be growing pains. I'm not rooting for the young man to falter or go backwards if he's in a Bears uniform. I'm just saying that that's a fact, that when you go from the college to the pro game, it's not always a seamless transition for everybody. For Actually, for most quarterbacks that come from college to the pros. And when you hear the word patience, the thing that was ringing in my head is, and I can understand from the Justin Fields fan how they feel about this conversation, I'm sure the Fields fan that's driving around or listening today is saying, well, that same patience and that same grace that you're going to give to Williams, why don't you give that to Justin Fields? Because it's two sides of the coin. The one side of the coin is the Bears have seen enough, Cap. 
He can't read defenses. He's, he's just not good enough to be able to get you to the next level. A to B quarterback, let him move on. That way you can get some kind of um, get something for him in a trade. That's one side. The other side is is that, well, you're just going to build around the quarterback, Caleb Williams, that wide receiver, that, that center, maybe a couple offensive linemen, just to be able to upgrade the offense around Caleb Williams, giving him a new offensive coordinator, giving him the support he needs. For the Justin Fields fan, that person's probably saying, well, if you're going to have the infrastructure for Caleb Williams, why can't you do it for Justin? Well, the, the experienced quarterback over the rookie. Well, number one, I don't think Justin's that good. He's okay. He's not bad. He's fine. I aspire to more than that. And the ceiling that Caleb Williams has is what's intriguing. It's not what he'll be day one. It's what I think he can be developed into if you put the right infrastructure around him. A. B, I get him on a five-year deal. Rookie deal. I'm not willing to pick up $25 million or whatever the fifth-year option is for Justin because he hasn't earned it. And I'm certainly not willing to extend him somewhere between 160 and 250. He has not earned that. Well, I got to make that decision rather quickly. I want to add Danell Hunter or whoever it is that's available in trade if I'm taking on a big salary to add to my rush edge. I need another one to play opposite Montez Sweat. I got to re sign Jalen Johnson. I need a plug-and-play, big-time center anchoring my offensive line. Lucas Patrick, thanks for coming. See you later. I need to absolutely add an A-level receiver. And I want greatness at quarterback. I'm not getting that from Justin. That's why I just it mystifies me. I've never said Justin's not a great leader. I've never said he's not a wonderful person and a great representative for the organization in our city. I've never said he's not a decent quarterback. I aspire to greatness. I want one of those, one of those assassins that plays back there, and I go, oh, God. Our guy, he can take us down the field. Justin never has done that. Why now in year four? Well, if we get a Marvin Harrison, we can get Marvin Harrison's dad to come out of retirement. We can get Peyton Manning in as the quarterback coach. We can get Saquon Barkley as a free agent and sign nine All-Pros away from the Niners and the Chiefs. Then he has everything he needs. Why? Why? Why can't I aspire if, if my grade as the GM is that's the guy right there? And I have the number one pick. You want me to leave him on the board? I disagree. Yeah, I understand. I understand that point of view. I'm just saying that I'm speaking uh, for Justin Fields fans that would say, hey, man, you know what? This guy is growing as a quarterback, and we haven't seen the best as of him yet. All you can look at if you are Ryan Poles is the quarterback rating of, of uh, not in the top 20, the EPA and the play per, per game for him, not in the top 20, the success rate, not in the top 20. You can look at all the numbers and say that's an underachieving quarterback. But there will be some that will say, well, if you supply him with enough talent, then, it, then he'll be able to pull the nose up on his career. And I'm saying that if you are the Chicago Bears, you have a choice. You have a quarterback that you evaluated, which is not your quarterback. Justin Fields is not Ryan Poles' quarterback as far as the selection. Ryan Poles didn't select Justin Fields. This was all an evaluation last mm-hmm. year and this year. If Ryan Poles feels that he can upgrade the position with Caleb Williams, he better be right. 
because all you know you're pushing all your chips in the middle of the table and you're going to supply this rookie quarterback with an offensive coordinator that many people like. You're going to upgrade it with a better offensive line and weapons. You just better be right. That's all. I mean, you passed on the quarterback class last year to get DJ Moore and draft picks. Nothing wrong with that. But this year, as I've been telling you all along, Cap, it's hard to pass up on that quarterback class twice. Can't you get? I mean, to, to be in a position to get two number one selections in the draft, pretty good. I mean, I mean it, to be in that position. So this year, this is the position for you to find a quarterback, and that quarterback better be the guy. Now, the question that we have on the table is is about the patience end of it. I'm more than willing to be patient. I do think they're a playoff team next year. I do. What is that? People, but, but, but what do you what do you base that on? I mean, I, again, defense no, is trending in an amazingly positive direction. Yeah, but they can't score thirty points. What, what I'm saying is, is that the offensively speaking, you can upgrade the weapons. Like we know, DJ Moore is good. We know Cole Komet's good. You know that there's a couple of guys on the offensive line that will be the anchors moving forward. Mm-hmm. But again, there's more question marks and answers to the Bears. There are. There are more question marks and answers to the Chicago Bears, especially on the offense, and that is the quarterback position. That's a question mark. If you were in another city and you went, we got to get better at quarterback, what are we picking? 24th. It's not going to probably happen. That's a fluke if you find someone sitting at 24 that comes in as a rookie in place. Russell Wilson in the third round going to a ready-made team, by the way, that's a fluke. That doesn't normally happen. We've got the number one pick. Oh, and there happens to be a great quarterback class. We control the draft here. I keep hearing, I heard Evan say it today, and I love Evan on Unsportsmanlike. Yeah. What if Caleb Williams says he doesn't want to go to Chicago? So, what's he going to do? Go back to school? Right. No, he's already gone pro. That's not a conversation. It's it's not. It's, it's not a conversation. It's, it's, it's silly. But 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 what is a conversation is is that as much as we've seen some great tape and some great games from Caleb Williams on the college level, there's still a learning curve. That's all I'm saying. Like I don't want you to go to push all your chips to the middle of the table. Says yes, based on the majority of this Bears team, this team is going to go to the playoffs. When you don't know how the quarterback's going to be able to work in this system yet, it takes time. I I don't want you hitting the roof in November on me and saying. This kid's got to learn. This kid, we're supposed to be in the playoffs. Well, I'm just saying, I'll if it's going to be the rookie quarterback, I'll have no other choice but to be patient. And I understand that from three to seven wins is great, but I don't expect the world next year. I do not. Ten wins? It'd be nice. That would be nice. I expect double-digit wins. I would take the under there. With a, with a rookie quarterback that I don't know how he would work in this system. If you now look, if you tell me that they don't get a center and they don't get another receiver, but that's not, I don't think that's realistic. They'll take care of the weapons, right? They'll take care of getting another weapon with their ninth pick. Mm-hmm. They'll sign a veteran center or draft somebody. They will get Jalen Johnson done. That you heard Ryan Poles. We have the sound. Jalen Johnson's going nowhere. He will be here. So Jalen Johnson will be here. You go out and get yourself, whether it's Donnell Hunter, reacquire Khalil Mack, go get uh, who's the other rush edge that's going to be available potentially in trade. There's another one. You're going to have a really, really stout defense. As long as you stay healthy, you have a chance to have a really, really good team. Ready to win a Super Bowl? No. But taking a huge step? Absolutely. And again... 
Caleb Williams has to look at this opportunity in this city at this time with this team. 99% of the time, the team picking at number one is awful, like Carolina with Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. The Bears have this gift card from the Carolina Panthers, and they've got a seven-win team, went 5-0 and their last five at home. They're trending in the right direction. The culture seems to be getting fixed around there, and they got $70 million in cap space. $70 million. They're going to have a good, solid roster. Why he wouldn't want to go here would be beyond me. You, hey, you're set up to win, but you got to win. Agreed. Jay Moore. If the Bears decided to trade back and get some extra picks, and let's say Bo Nix was available somewhere down the line and they took him, how would you feel about that? I mean, I, I would, I've said consistently I trust Ryan Poles in his evaluation because I see our roster getting better. I've spent time with the guy. I think he's really, really good at his job. But what about Jay Moore's question? How would you feel about that? Yeah. I would, again, I don't, I'm not privy to <laughs> sitting down with Caleb Williams for three days. So I have to How know. How would you feel about I, I can't, it? I can't just answer it <laughs> that way. You're a fan. Just be a fan. <laughs> I can't. I, not. I, that's not how I operate. It's not what I did for 20 years of my life. I can't just be a fan and go, I like it, I don't. I believe from my eye test, Caleb Williams looks like the guy. I'll answer the question. <laughs> I would not do that. How about that? Not, I would not do that. I, if you have the number one pick, you want to get the best. That's the reason why you have the number one pick. You've earned it. You know, I get, you've earned the opportunity to get that number one pick, uh, two of them, in back-to-back years. I would not do that. But if this is such a quarterback-rich draft, and they still was able to get one of the top prospects, even though he's not the top top. I if, mean, I, if I have the top pick, I, got, I can get anybody. I'm taking the best guy on the board. Now, again, is Caleb Williams the best guy on the board? Certainly looks like that to me from this seat. But again, I trust that when Poles spends hour after hour dining with him and hanging out with him and whiteboarding with him to go through plays and going through his medicals and talking, that could change. Absolutely, that can change. But from this seat, he looks to me to be the best guy in the draft. Listen, if Caleb Williams is a 10, keep in mind, I've never blanked a 10, but I've, I've done three threes and a one. Wow. So why would I want to have a three? I want, I want the 10. Right. I'm <laughs> not saying that Bo Nix is a three, but I mean, compared to the rest of the people in the draft, Jay Moore, give me the 10. I'd rather blank the 10 than have three threes and a one. I agree. Dozens I agree. of stories. And, and that was a great night, by the way. Go ahead. There are dozens of stories <laughs> of guys who have had a guy in the draft that were like, Okay, we're going to get that guy, and he's going to be there in the third round or the fourth round, whatever it is. And that guy turns out to be the star of the draft. The 49ers left all the way to the bank when they drafted Joe Montana in the third round. And they said, we knew going into that draft, that was the guy we had to get. Nobody really had him high on the list. So maybe Poles has an ace up his sleeve and goes, yeah, I'm trading the pick, and I'm getting that guy. Maybe. Whatever is best for the Chicago Bears, it's hard to be able to preach, to kind of preach patience in a very impatient fan base in a very impatient city. Well, I know I can tell you what's going to happen if they take Caleb Williams and he struggles early, like ninety nine percent of the rookies do. Absolutely, in a city with massive expectation and pressure, and this is one city, one team, the whole deal. We're going to be getting dozens of calls. Told you we should have kept Justin. Stop. 
you got to you got to let him develop. Okay. They have to put a support system around him, and they got to give him weapons to work with. This is one of the best support systems he's going to get to because no. because of what they're going to do in the draft and free agency. Usually, you start from the bottom, well, like Bryce Young. To you. Yeah, to, to the very very bottom. You go to like Bryce Young to Carolina. Yeah, horrible. Nothing. This is a seven win team trending up. Yeah, and you're dropping him the ninth pick, a ton of cap space, a young roster. He has a chance to hit the ground running. And why would he not want to be here? Jay Glazer said he talked to their camp and told them, Chicago? Yep. That's 100% where you want to be. Yeah, you'll hear from Jay Glazer, and we'll hear from you on the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. As we talk to you about the Bears, are you going to be patient with the Bears if they do select Caleb Williams? Or do you believe that the Bears are a quarterback away from getting to the playoffs? And if you get a veteran quarterback, Mitch is out there. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Take that. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. 7 a.m. hour brought to you by the Combat Energy Efficiency Program. I am not going back to coaching. There is a big change in the betting odds for Justin Fields' next team. The Bears are no longer the favorite to have Fields in 2024. The Vegas odds makers say the Steelers are now the favorite at plus 110. The Bears have slipped all the way to plus 150. The Bulls had their highest scoring output of the season last night, a 136-126 win over Atlanta. Io DeSumo. DeSumo had 29 on 12 of 18 shooting. D-Row, DeRozan, 29. Vooch, 24 in double-digit boards. Colby White tossed in 20. The Bulls are 26 and 28. They still hold the ninth seed in play-in slot, but are just 9 and 23 against teams over 500. You sound surprised that we know the sumo line. I mean, the the, op- the offense is open now. There's no Levine. Yeah. You can, anybody can shoot Career the ball out for him. I mean, he's not surprised, though. He, he was amazing. I didn't expect 29. I thought he'd have a good night. <laughs> Blackhawks will host their, their first-place Vancouver Canucks tonight at the United Center. Black Head coach Hawks. Luke Richardson said the Hawks will evaluate Connor Bedard to resume contact Bendard. next week. He sees the doctor on Friday from his broken jaw. Super Bowl 58 was the most watched telecast in history. An average of 123 million viewers and a peak viewership of over 200 million. Jay Moore. Surprise, surprise. Captain Jay Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. I told his people, you got a chance to go to Chicago. Go to Chicago. You win in Chicago, they will erect bridges for you, streets for you, tunnels for you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You'll be forever golden that city. It's a great city. Yes. You want to go to a place like Chicago, right? Would you not want to go to a place like Chicago? I, 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 and... You know, I kind of argued with some of his stats early on about it. Chicago, it's one of those rare places, man, where you have a chance to change your life forever by being ingrained in that city. Jay Glazer from Fox talking about Chicago, Caleb Williams, the connection. We're talking about it here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you aboard today. And the reason why it comes up today is because you, they, if people can't keep the bears out of their mouth, people are talking about that number one pick cap. And so when you hear from Merrill Hodge, who was at the Super Bowl, when you hear from Dan, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, when you hear from Jay Glazer, they're all talking about that number one pick. And just 
how polarizing Caleb Williams is. Keyshawn Johnson says one thing, Lance Briggs says one thing, and there's others that look at Caleb Williams and say, yes, he's the best quarterback that's going, and the Bears are going in the right direction by trying to upgrade the quarterback position by bringing the rookie in. No one has been able to answer for me why they're so afraid of chasing greatness. Is it they don't believe Caleb's good? That's fine. That They're entitled to their opinion. But what are they hanging on to in Justin? Is it because quarterback play in this city has been so pathetic since Sid Luckman that, well, we got a decent one. I don't want to take a chance that we go backwards. Is that what they're afraid of? Like, what are people that afraid of? Change. Change. They couldn't wait for change to get Mitch out of here. I understand. And rightly so. But I I think that there's a likability factor with Justin Fields, the try-hard ability of Justin Fields that that resonated with a lot of fans. They thought that he was getting screwed because the team tanked last year and his team got better from three to seven wins. They thought, okay, that this upcoming season would be the breakout season for Justin with because they thought along with the tank that Justin would be able to go step by step by step with the rebuild. And now some feel like Justin Fields has his legs cut off from underneath him. Well, ultimately, again, we go back to the fact that Justin Fields was here before Ryan Poles. And this all was an evaluation from Poles' standpoint. This is not his quarterback. He could tell you, oh, yeah, that's, that's my quarterback. Of course he has to say that. It's from the press. Of course he's going to say that. But internally, it's like, you know what? We saw uh, Justin Fields. We gave him a couple of years here to get this right. Injured a number of times. Doesn't seem like that he is going to be able to break through. So I'm going to bring my own guy in. And as a general manager, you have every right. But to answer your question, people are afraid of change. And they feel like a rookie quarterback sets the Bears back. Because they like veterans. We all like veteran players that are battle-tested. But I think, Cap, that there are a number of people that just do not like the fact that you're going to have a rookie amongst a bunch of veterans. I, you, I tell you what, you know who feels that way for sure is former players like Lance Briggs and Keyshawn Johnson because they've been there and done that before. That's, I mean, that's, that's how they feel. I, it just mystifies me. We have not seen greatness from Justin. That's just a fact. Have there been splashy, amazing plays, mostly with his legs? Certainly. Is he a great dude? Absolutely. Is he a great representative for the team in the city? Absolutely. Do his teammates love him? Absolutely. But I also heard Cole Kmet and DJ Moore and others over the last 10 days say, look, it's a business, man. What was Cole's comment? I get paid to play tight end. I don't get paid to make those decisions. It is what it is. So the phone lines we go, 312-332-3776 is our phone number. And Charlotte, North Carolina, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Harding on ESPN 1000. Harding, our good morning. Our guy, Harding. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Um, so listen, this Bears quarterback conversation is so disjointed. Exactly what Cap just did is the reason you're mystified at this fan base wanting to maintain Justin Fields. So let me explain really quickly. Everything you're advocating that Caleb Williams should come into as a rookie quarterback, Justin Fields has gone through the the grind to eventually get to, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, he suffered through the first season of the lane duck, the second season of the teardown, and then this third season is actually his first season, if you're thinking about the Caleb Williams situation as a rookie. This would be Justin Fields' first season. Now, Caleb Williams is going to get drafted into an even better situation in his rookie year. So they're asking for patience. 
That's what they were asking for Justin Fields. Now, I personally still think the correct decision for both short-term success and long-term success is to take uh, Caleb Williams now. Unfortunately, because of the Bears' organizational failures, you have put yourself in a situation where gambling with Justin Fields puts a lot of people in the hot seat quicker than going with Caleb Williams. So they're making a decision based off of maintaining careers, longevity. But at the end of the day, make no mistake about it, Justin Fields was put in a situation where there might be one quarterback in the history of the NFL that probably could have been successful, and that would have been Patrick Mahomes. And he probably wouldn't be the Chiefs version, but he'd probably still find some level of success. It wouldn't be three Super Bowls, but maybe there's some NFC championship um, appearances. But you guys, we, we, it's not necessarily a battle between Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. That should not be the conversation. It simply said the Bears' pathway to a rebuild results in having to take a rookie quarterback, and it's sad that we had to sacrifice Justin Fields. So Justin Fields ran so Caleb Williams could fly now. I'll talk to you guys later. That, that is one of the best calls that we have gotten because he loves Justin Fields. We've talked with Harding many times. He's a Chicago guy, moved to Charlotte. He loves Justin. He understands life is not fair. Justin was drafted into a situation where Nagy and Pace are lame ducks. They get fired. Now learn another offense. You get a neophyte offensive coordinator in Luke Getze, a neophyte head coach in Eberflus, a team that gets torn down. Hey, good luck. You got Amir Smith-Marset and Dante Pettis, and good luck at it. Hope it goes well for you, kid. And then this past year, and he gets injured. Life's not fair, man. But he's also going to get another opportunity, and he will rise again. It's timing. Well, there's one thing that I would question is, if Justin Fields came back for this upcoming season, would that be his first year? Because that's what Harding said. No, he meant this past year was his first year. This past season, where he had DJ Moore and a little bit better roster. This was his first year. Jay Moore? Yeah, I was agreeing because he said the first year was the lame duck coach. Second year was the teardown, and then the pass, we just passed the season, would be his first year. <laughs> that's not what the record will say. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you, you, can, you can move the, the pieces around in that, in that scenario, but it's, he's been here for three years, has he not? No question. Now, okay. I, I understand where Harding's coming from. N- not many are going to do much with that team last year. That team was horrible. That team was built to lose. Yet we had people in town going, I think they win 10 games. You're out of your mind. You and I both looked at it and went, that's like a three-win team. Yeah, two years ago. Right, two yeah. years ago. Yep. And that's where they ended up. Mm-hmm. He, he, life's not fair. It's not. Life's what happens while you're making plans. You got all these grand plans, and guess what? It all changed. He's going to go somewhere else. They're going to draft a quarterback. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. More of your phone calls. Also, Snorling Scouting Report. He's got his eyes on another quarterback that will be involved in the first round of the draft. Find out who it is next on Cap and J-Hood. You're listening to Cap and J-Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ-Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Real stats, unfiltered takes, 
and a deep dive. That's the new landscape of these sports. One player, one team, or one thing. This year, it's pathetic. It's an embarrassment. It's Snorling Scouting Report. Scouting Report. On Captain J. Hood, ESPN, Chicago. We've got Shot or No Shot coming your way 8 o'clock right here on Captain J. Hood. But first... It is the Shea Norling Scouting Report. Snorling Scouting Report, the SSR, as we take a look at another quarterback and this year's draft. Here's Shea Norling. Shea? Every week until the draft, I will break down a rookie that is coming into this draft that is connected to the Chicago Bears. And I said on Saturday, I think the conversation is no longer Caleb versus Fields. It is Caleb versus Drake May. So I went and watched Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback. Where's number 10? I know that's scary for a lot of people. I got to tell you, the pros, I mean, this is a guy, you watch this tape, there are times where you want to smoke a cigarette and you got to go get a towel. Yeah. This guy is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The pocket awareness, the ability to move around and escape sacks and pressures, he's incredible. He's big, he's strong, he's a proven runner, he'll escape the pocket, he'll get you five Sometimes 10, sometimes 20 yards. He'll break tackles. As a runner, he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. As a thrower, he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. He's confident. Mm -hmm. He'll step up in the pocket. He'll rip the football to a covered receiver. One of the games I watched the closest was North Carolina against Duke. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Go watch Drake May's game-winning touchdown against Duke. Tez Walker has a DB literally glued to him in the end zone. This is a red zone throw. May touch, loft, put it where only Tez Walker could get it with a DB glued on him. The confidence to rip a football to a covered receiver is something you're going to have to have when you get to the NFL. I love to see it. Yes. Drop back is quick. Three steps, back foot, bang, balls out. It's really good. Yeah, watching a lot of his games, Cap, and I told you I discovered the ACC Network this year, and those were some of those non-conference games. The rest of them, ESPN two, whatever. I, you know, there was a couple of mornings I came in and said, Cap, that Drake May. I know it's a lot of talk about Caleb Williams, but that Drake May should be a close second. The mechanics are there. I like the leadership ability as well. So, you know, I know that it sounds a little creepy. The number ten, as Shay mentioned, the whole thing of North Carolina, but I. Now, he can be really good on the next level. I really believe that. There are so many friends of mine. Like, we can't take another Mitchell Trubisky. I get it. I get it. I understand. He's the, very good, though. This guy's, PTSD. This yep. guy's not Mitch, either. Yeah, like, no. I see, watching him, you get a little bit of when Sam Howell was at North Carolina. You don't really get any of when Mitch was there. But I think he's a better version of Sam Howell. I do want to say, last pro, off-platform. I mean, this guy can be rolling to his left on the run, off his back foot, off balance, and launch the ball 50 yards. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Josh Allen. It jumps at you when you watch it. Some of the cons. This is all head stuff. He's a home run hitter. Third and long, and when you're trailing in a game, he's trying to get it all back in one play. He's never taken the easy stuff. He's going for deep routes, sometimes double covered, because he knows he can make those throws. Problem is, when you start forcing them, you have trouble making them. The other thing, and this is, I have a friend who's very tight with people in the North Carolina program. I have heard that Drake May took all of the media narrative and outside narrative about he's the only guy worth a damn on the team. He has to do it all himself. The offensive line's terrible. Two offensive coordinators in two seasons. I heard he took that to his head. And he started playing a lot of hero ball and a lot of I gotta do it myself. You're going to have to break those habits out of him. 
But the overall thing, like watching him, Hoodie, I, I think he's Josh Allen. It's all there. He's got every tool. He's been through two offensive coordinators in two seasons. He just needs the right coach to polish him. Round those edges, and you're looking at an elite NFL quarterback. But any, it's going to take time. Is there any chance if you were on the clock armed with your knowledge? I'm not talking about just being a fanboy you know, with a beer in your hand on Saturday. You've studied him. Would you take him over Caleb? Any scenario? I, I would not personally know, but I just know that I'm a fan of what he can do. Uh, you can look at the numbers offensively, the games that he played non-conference and in-conference. And again, just like in a strange way, people are holding Caleb Williams and the USC defense against him. He didn't play defense. He plays offense. Same thing with North Carolina. There's a lot of wild games for North Carolina, right? A number of them with some big totals. The Miami game comes to mind, one I, I saw on October 14th. Another one against Duke. I think that was the day I came in on that uh, Monday cap, November 11th, when they won in double overtime against Duke. I said, there's a leader right there. There were some big-time numbers and big-time throws he made to help uh, North Carolina win that game. The Pitt game as well was a big a big score in that one. But no, he's good, but Caleb Williams is better. Yeah, I think for me it's like, I think if you're taking Drake May, you got to have an understanding your one's going to be rough. I, he's picked up so many bad habits year two at North Carolina. You're going to have to teach him a lot of things and reteach him things and make him forget some things. Year one's going to be tough. Year two's probably going to be a little better. And then you're banking on that year three Josh Allen leap where it all comes together. He's got the right coach. He's in the right offense. I think it's a longer-term process. Caleb, I think you could hit your one and be rolling with an elite quarterback similar to C.J. Stroud. So I would still take Caleb one. Oh, and the App State game. I forgot about that in September. I don't know if you if you were watching that, Touche, but that is a double overtime game. It, uh, you know, the big thing about that is he never turned the ball over and a strong running game for North Carolina yeah. for that one as well. Um, so, yes, it just... Yeah, he's, he's a good. lot like Caleb where it's like the defense is bad. The offensive line was bad. The weaponry at times was bad. Yeah. And they both kind of played hero ball. I just, if you like the more prototypical, we'll sit in the pocket and play within the structure, especially early and went ahead or tied. You want Drake May. If you want the more Mahomesian, creative, outside the pocket, crazy high ceiling, you want Caleb. He's very good, Cap. Turn the tape on. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've fantastic. watched a lot. Go back and look at it. He he looks special. He does. Yep. I just don't know if I could leave the wow factor of Caleb Williams on the board. Understood. Understood. This is why you have a whole draft, right? You have choices, and you can't get everybody. Someone's going to get someone talented. Hopefully it's you, if the Bears, and other teams will get talented players as well. That's what the first round's about. That's, That's someone, someone I trust said, Paul's is convinced on Caleb's ability. Now he's got to get to know him as a person. In two minutes, we give you shot or no shot. And if you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-3776 is our phone number as we talk to you about the Bears. On the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000.